Welcome to D-Souls Productions, LLC. Legacy. Men, remember when you carried yourself as a king? Women, remember when you carried yourself as a queen? And we were here to build a strong foundation, not only for ourselves, but for our families and the generations coming up after us. But now, we're putting all of our time and energy in while we're not getting along with one another. And we're not taking the time to focus more on the important element of rebuilding family structure. So come on this journey with me, with Diesel's Productions LLC, and let's build a legacy. Peace. Souls Productions LLC Legacy March 2nd, 2018. Mrs. D. Wynn on this Friday morning. It's the first of the month. It's the first of the month. Went to the bank yesterday and you notice how. <laughs> crowded or more crowded the banks are in the first of the month imagine how it's going to be five to ten years from now people especially with this new tax reform (laughs) but I was sitting down last night and asked some things to seriously think about and it's about inquiring a second property and I was talking to the owner and you know we went over a little, you know the numbers a little bit and I was checking out the property value in that particular neighborhood that I'm interested in and in doing that I just had to shake my head a little bit because Especially when it comes to our people, and this is why I say our people. And when you say you hear me mention the state that our people are in, I'm not going to get on here, okay, and or any other social media platform, and be all on this, oh, black this and black that, and black black, but black black black, right? And the reason why I don't do that, and especially when it comes to our men, okay. Now, our first objective when it comes to these social media platforms is to be in battle with each other, right? That's the part that really kills me about the whole situation. We love to be in battle with each other. And the majority of things that you hear on these social media platforms is pretty much all about how we are against each other. The men are complaining about the women. The women are complaining about the men. And on both sides, okay, we are not even getting ourselves to the point where it's it's bad enough. We can't work with each other as far as men and women. But we have this strong gathering or organization when it comes to us combating with each other. And I will give you this if let's say the men or the women as separate entities actually had something going on for themselves. Then I can see what you're talking about. But guess what? If you were doing that, 
I don't think we would be complaining about each other. See, I listen to Claude Anderson faithfully, okay? And it kills me how we can get the answers to our problems, right? But we'll still sit there as if we don't have the answers to what we need to do to build for ourselves. And he's the perfect example, okay? He's the perfect example of us showing that we want to sit there and be in combative mode. I just want you to imagine if black men on their own started to actually put in the effort to work together. I want you to think for one moment if the black women with all the so-called power that they have now, if they actually put some things together and actually started to work together. And I'm not talking about sitting around at a bar drinking, talking about love and hip hop. I'm talking about actually putting the effort into rebuilding the family structure. Now we have problems with each other, right? But there's problems on both sides. And when I go in on our people, it won't be me talking about the women. It's going to be me talking about both sides. Because we got some shit with us, man. We want to stay in combat mode. We really don't want to do anything for ourselves. And we are steadily getting lowered in class here in the United States. Dr. Claude Anderson talked about this. We're going from two to four. I even think it's going lower than that. <laughs> but he stressed how when we get put in this lower class of how we're going to submit to crime. Because we're not organized. We're not working with each other. We're not doing the necessary things to build for ourselves. So I don't want to hear this crap about why I ain't talking black and black this and black that. Why should I? Can't even find one black man or one black woman that will be willing to put all their nonsense to the side and get the work done. There are other race and cultures, right? And they're going through the same things that we're going through as uh, race and culture. They don't like each other. They probably have a high level of hatred for each other and probably argue every day and everything else and beefing with each other. But guess what? When it comes to the basics of building the family and passing on generational wealth, oh, they put all that other crap to the side. They understand the bottom line, the basics of what needs to be done. They don't allow bickering on social media sites and beefing and all this dumb crap that we're doing right now to stop them from making sure that they're passing on generational wealth. But we'll get caught up in that and we'll use that as an excuse. <laughs> we will use that as an excuse to say, see, this is why we can't get nothing done. Our people are so full of shit, okay? And it's been proven time and time and again, even without you thinking about it. Because anytime we can push out a quarter of a billion dollars for a movie, but we can't even put that amount of money into ourselves on a daily that happened in a matter of weeks, people. Not even a week, not even weeks. Well, the first week and a half? Is up to 700 million? <laughs> I want you to think about that for a second. But we will find an excuse to get angry. <laughs> Soon somebody piss you off. 
Oh, I can't work with them. I can't, I can't work with them. And it's the same thing that's happening in our households. Yes, do we have an issue when it comes to the status quo in our women? Yes. Do they rely too much on Big Daddy? Yes. But our men, we got some crap with us too, people. I just want you to imagine that for a second. Just imagine if the men by themselves started to do as if other races and cultures do. Instead of sitting around and complaining online all day, imagine if we just just did just that. Let everybody else complain around us. Let's, we need to do what we need to do. Yes, first as an individual, and then as a collective. But no, we quick to run. We are quick to run to the excuse. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm working out last night, and that's what I do. I'll work out and I'll put something on in the background. Either I'm listening to my um, my anchor faves, or I'll go on YouTube. And YouTube, I don't even like going on there half the time anymore because every other week every other month y'all love to beef it's all you do but you don't want to admit to the fact that yeah you griping about what somebody may be doing to you online and all this other crap right but you know this is you know giving you more views and you know bringing more people to your live stream so you can sit on your ass and sit there and beg for donations. We need to do more than sitting on our ass, sitting in front of cameras, begging for donations, people. And even the people that are complaining are griping or beefing with the other parties who are doing that. They sit on their ass too. So it's so unbelievable how we have gotten so comfortable. All I gotta do is turn on the computer screen, turn on the camera. You know what I mean? Put up a little pretty website. Mm-hmm. All these different, you know. See. This is the part that kills me, right? Other races and cultures, even when it comes to online business, right? They do the same thing, okay? They, they don't they don't beef, but they put up they put up a YouTube page and they you know they may have a Patreon and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all that and all that, right? But when you hear them on their podcast or you see them on their channels for YouTube, or whatever, they on the move. They making things happen. They're not sitting in front of a camera talking a bunch of shit and complaining and griping. And rarely do I see any other races and cultures begging for donations. I mean, it's unbelievable. But we've been the first ones on there talking about all oh, black and black and black, black and black. I'm black, 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 black. So some structure, man. Build as a collective, man. We'll pour a bunch of money into nonsense on the daily. And it's pathetic. We'll pour it out quick. But when it comes to us building for ourselves and our families, oh, no, 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 can't have that. This is why I'm looking to invest, get myself in order. I've been there and done that. I've had bad credit. I had, I've had bills up to my, my ass. 
could barely pay on a lot of things. But I've gotten to a point in my life. Things are non-negotiable anymore, man. It's time to go get it. We need to invest in assets and have some ownership, people. Not sitting online all day, griping and complaining. And really not getting nothing done. And like I talked about before, it's a lot of individual success. Dr. Carl Anderson said it best. You need a market. You trying to open up a business? You need a market. Who are you going to sell to? And the best way to do that is to strengthen your neighborhoods and your communities. He talked about that also. He said, we have neighborhoods, but we don't have communities. That's where the building begins, people. Not online. So, I'm going to continue with my day here. I have some things I seriously need to think about. It's constant movement, trying to make things happen, trying to build for the future so I can have something to pass down to my kids, man. And I want to get to the point where I can have something to pass down to the young ones in my neighborhoods and my communities. We need to get our heads out out of our asses, people. pretty pathetic and the thing that kills me about this beef crap see this one lets me know this one this 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 one lets me know that you're putting all of your efforts into your online status because if you take a half an hour shit if you take 10 to 15 minutes Grabbing about what somebody's doing to you online. That lets me know where all your eggs are. And this is our problem. We get so comfortable and convenient. With these online platforms. This is why I tell y'all. Go beyond the internet. And you know what's funny? We'll get in beast with each other online, right? About a little petty crap. A little bit of money here and other dumb shit, right? But if they shut the internet down down tomorrow, you you probably wouldn't even put that much anger and effort into it. You'll probably do more whining. Man, he shut the internet down, man. Yeah, I figure what I'm going to do, you know what I mean? But as soon as another black man or a black woman that you face off with online, oh, you go all out. I mean, you, you probably would kill the person if they was in your presence. But you have been having worse things happen to you. <laughs> from other races and cultures and you haven't done a damn thing take your life and your business and your know-how and your skills beyond the internet put more of your focus into your home and your family Invest more in your home, in your family, in your health, in building solid structure within your own personal space first. Some of you value this online crap more than you value your own bodies. Just put more time, people. 
into investing in self, invest in community, invest in family. This is D Souls Productions LLC. Legacy. Peace. Now, I'm going to let you listen to something so you can understand what I mean. As far as when it comes to us as black people, how comfortable we are. We have the answers to the questions that we have in regards to what we need to do to build for a better future. Dr. Claude Anderson has explained this to us numerous of times, but we don't want to listen. We have gotten so comfortable with the convenience that we have around us and it's negative convenience that we won't move and take action on the questions that have been answered for us. This is how lazy we have become. And we will continue to sit around and laugh and joke and do all this nonsense, beefing with each other and everything else. Instead of doing what's necessary for us to build and grow. And this is the reason why I don't come on these channels with the black this and black that until I'm connecting with some people who want to take the necessary steps so that we can build as a collective. You won't hear that from me because we have plenty of people. If you want to hear other people out here who saying, oh, I'm black this and I'm black that go listen to them. I know who I am. I'm very proud. Of who I am. I understand who I am. But I'm not going to kick all this. Blackness. When black people. Are not doing. What's necessary. For us to be able to. Have ownership. And to build. Generational wealth. We are so selfish in our ways. But I want you to listen to Dr. Claude Anderson. It's not that long. Just listen to what he has to say. And then you'll understand why I don't come on these podcasts and claim myself as a black guy. Some people may not like that, but that's fine. Until I'm building and connecting with black people who understand what needs to be done, then I'll represent. I don't need to represent because when you see me, you can see who I am. Why do I have to announce it to you and put emphasis on it? I'm black. I'm black. You see who I am and I know who I am. But do we truly know who we are and what we can do? Not just for now, but also for the future. Let's listen.
there's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an Asian, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourself up. I told that five-story building. You're setting yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, as a, and practice group economics with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money from the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police departments. Then the fourth floor, you the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75, 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't, you got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly's. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisoners in the United States are black people. You know, you know you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march, a demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marching never changed anything. First came out of slavery, blacks, blacks were relatively successful because they understood the importance of one thing, and that, and that was to learn how to own and to control, get resources, because that was the whole purpose of slavery. Slavery was basically to maldistribute almost 100% of all this nation's wealth, resource, privileges, and controls of all levels of government into the hands of the dominant white society. And it was very effective, it did an excellent job. And slavery, slavery came into existence in the 1500s. It had a very specific purpose. Slavery was an economic issue, not a social issue. And so black folk learned that even as slaves, they might not have been well-educated, but they weren't stupid. They figured out that he who owns and controls has the power. And so when slavery ended in the 1860s, by 1866, at that point in time, you had, they learned something else from the radical Republicans who came out and said that, you, that black people in America can only be two, two, one or two things. Either you're going to be slaves or you're going to be free. To be free, you must minimally, these blacks must minimally, five million, almost five million blacks must minimally have 40 acres, a mule, and $100 given to them coming out of slavery if they're going to play this game. Because at that time in slavery, black folk were the primary generators of wealth on the earth. This country had invested over $8 billion just into slavery. That was more money than all the businesses and all levels of government put together. And, they, and, and black folk as slaves, they knew the importance of wealth and owning and controlling. And they wanted that 40 acres and a mule and $100. And, uh, and Congressman Thaddeus Stevens, Charles Sumners, and Benjamin said that on the floor of the United States Congress in the 1865 Civil Rights Law. Give black folk 40 acres, a mule, and $100. And Andrew Johnson came when he became the president after Lincoln's assassination. He killed the bill. They came back again in 1866 again and said, black folk have to have resources to be able to compete. And then later on, they converted that to the 14th Amendment in 1868. 
But in the meantime, black folks left slavery, not only controlling anything. Black folks left slavery after four or five hundred years, penniless, poor, disorganized, no religion, no clothes, no food, no animals, no home, no land, no tools, no weapons, nothing. And white folks told them, go out there and compete. And unfortunately, our, our, our leadership didn't understand that. You cannot compete not owning anything. But a few blacks got the word. They said, what we got to do is try to get some of that land at 40 acres and a mule. Slavery was affirmative action. Slavery, slavery was affirmative action. Jim Crow segregation was affirmative action. It was rewarding those people who had certain kind of skin complexion. That's what it was for. Affirmative action was written to be corrective action. C-O-R-R-E-C-T-I-V-E, corrective. Corrective action for what? For something that the government has consistently done to impede, to exploit, to degrade, and to degenerate a specific group of people. That's what it was written for. It had nothing to do with, with gender, handicap, senior citizens, gays, midgets, humpbacks, just black people. That's the only people the government had systematically at all levels from the state, county, and federal level had gone out of their way to pass laws, slave codes, and see blacks couldn't get out of slave because of the federal government. The average black business can't even get the capital to present itself to the black population that the other people can get the capital to do. Now, one would ask the question, how can all these poor immigrants come to this country and have all this capital? If they had that capital, why did they leave home? And if they didn't have the capital when they left home, how are they getting this capital here when they have no credit records and they have no paper trail? And they have not, so who's capitalizing them? And I think if we begin to look at that question, we begin to get the, to the bottom of what's going on in the black community. See, and you cannot, you cannot, it's impossible in theory and practice to acquire wealth and power or to be economically competitive without a community. And right now in America, black folk do not have not one single solitary community in America. You cannot prosper, you cannot compete. It's gonna be very difficult for black folk even to survive under the present circumstances because they don't have communities. All black folk got are neighborhoods. A neighborhood is like a bucket with a hole in it. A neighborhood is where you eat and sleep. A community is where you store your values, your history, your wealth, your power, your resources, your jobs, your tax base. And most of these neighborhoods have gotten so bad, so crime-ridden and run down and so dysfunctional that the neighbor has moved and all you got left is a hood. There's nothing left in them. We, we have a ranking order of acceptability in our society based on skin color going white, yellow, brown, black. It's in a descending color order, going from the whitest to the darkest. And the wealth is also distributed along the same lines. The whitest at the top got the wealth, power, and resources going down. It trickles down, all the way down. The power and resources go, as they go up and down, the further you go away from the white, the, the thinner it becomes, the weaker it becomes. And black folk are not that silly. <clears throat> they can say, consequently, if I want something, I'm going to try to identify with anything as close to white as possible. And that's why you come up with this saying all the time about white ice is colder than black ice. They want to identify with it. But they never have to understand that rather than identify with it, why don't you go acquire your own? Then you can have, then you can have, then your, your, your black ice will be just as cold as white ice. Black folk on an aggregated national disposable basis of, of, of collected income, they might, be the, they might be the ninth richest nation on earth. Right now, if I take all the black folks' money annually and aggregate it, they might be rich, they're richer than maybe Sweden, uh, Canada, India, Pakistan, a uh, whole bunch of countries, Thailand, folks most all put together. But the difference is, what, what, what I keep trying to tell blacks, it doesn't make any difference because it's, it's not aggregated. When you aggregate something, you make you strengthen exponentially the power of it by multiplying the multiplying fact, factor, by putting them together and then piling it up, making it stronger. And, uh, and, but unfortunately, we, we are the only people that see, that don't want that occur. Because, you know why? Because traditionally, whites saw black folk aggregate as being a negative. And so, and we see everything through the eyes of whites. Typically, any time anything that exceeds more than 6% of something that's black, that whites are in charge of it, and you get more than 6%, that sets off alarm in the white society. If right now, if I move into a neighborhood, and, I get, and, I, and, I, and I'm the only black, Whites will accept the one, one black, or the two blacks. But the minute you start getting up further than that, they go on alert. So by the time you hit six, you know what happened there? They started putting their houses up for sale. If I go, if I, if, if I, have, if I go in an organization, I got one black in that organization, and it's all white organization, they'll accept the one black or two blacks. But the more blacks you come in trying to integrate, that becomes a threat to the dominant society. 
and they would they would either, they'll either move out of that organization, move out of that neighborhood, or even go to school and take their kids out of school. And and where are they going to move? They're not going to move to a more integrated society. They're going to move back with their own people. When a white person takes his kid out of a, out of a school, out of an integrated school, he's not going to go and go and try to find another integrated school. He's going to take his he take his kid to a segregated academy, a charter school, or an all white suburb. All right, this is D Souls Productions LLC Legacy, and we are on day five of our hydrogen peroxide therapy. All right, this is drop number seven on this Friday. Still haven't felt any serious. reactions to the therapy yet and as I talked about I'm hoping that because of my regiment that I followed in the past year that it's actually helping the process so we're going to keep things going and again yesterday I felt just a slight bit nauseous it kind of hit for like 10 to 15 seconds, but faded away. So that's good, but we're still going to wait it out and see. We start getting to those high numbers. <laughs> Starting to get into like 10, 11, 12. Uh, we'll see where we're at. But like I mentioned, they say they're there are people who couldn't make it past 10 drops. And right now I'm on seven, so and I haven't really been feeling any side effects from the therapy, so I'm gonna see if I can go all the way with it. But overall, I can say I'm noticing a big difference. <laughs> More energy. Feeling good. I, re I really can feel it working. I will say that. And it will be something that I will be adding to my daily regimen. Even if I don't, even if I don't make it to the 24 drops. Because it's also being shown that even at low dosage, it has tremendous benefits. So I'll keep you posted. And like I talked about, I'm never going to present anything to anyone that I'm not willing to do myself. Because I'm going to show you what I do. I'm not going to just sit on my ass and sit in front of a camera talking to you about a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to show you what I got going on. So till next time, this is D-Souls Productions, LLC. And we are continuing our hydrogen peroxide therapy. Peace. Diesel's Collins. Good afternoon to you from the UK. Thank you very much for um, calling. I love getting feedback, good or bad, positive or negative, so that I can be better, be a better podcaster as we now are on here. So thank you very much. And uh, yes, let's get on with the next podcast. Have an awesome day, whatever you are doing, wherever you are. Hey, D-Souls, it's KT. Yes, I'm doing well. I'm just thinking a lot of creative ideas. I know I changed the app and just trying to keep my head up, man. That's all I can do. Definitely changing some things up to help the viewer experience, maybe with a little 
Touch Talk, get you guys a little TED Talk action where you guys talk about a topic and I let you ramble on with the record with friends. That's a cool idea. Busy on some laser mode, but other than that, I'm doing well. I have been listening much, I'll admit. But when I do get a chance to listen, everyone's content is fire. And that's always good. So the people who are sticking with it, mad respect, always. Always people being persistent and all that. Thanks for checking in, these souls I got you. Hey, what's going on? Hope you're having a good day. And about toxic relationships and why so many people find themselves in a toxic relationship. I think the key word is find, not necessarily toxic. When you find yourself in a toxic relationship, it's because things didn't start that way. You wouldn't have established this relationship and wanted to sustain it otherwise. But maybe along the way you missed enough cues or signs and perhaps you put up with something you shouldn't have or made enough compromises along the way, at some point, the accumulative effect has brought you to the point where you now find yourself in a situation where you're in a toxic relationship. And perhaps an exit strategy is in order. However, perhaps... What's up, D Souls Production? This is Kelly D's Embrace Black Podcast. Um, I'm kind of low because I'm still at work. I'm about to actually go and go home for the day. But yes, I am from Delaware. I am from what what is affectionately called Lower Slower, um, a, a town called Seaford, Delaware. Wilmington is where my mother and sister actually live. Well, they live in Stanton. They used to live in um, in Wilmington over Southbridge. I think this was called Southbridge. Anyway, they live in um, Stanton, Delaware um, right now, and I have family in um, Middletown as well. So, yeah, that's my hood, 302 forever, 302 stand up. That's my stomping ground. That's my um, forever, won't never change, always rep the 302, the D to the E to the L, Delaware. Love it, love it, love it. so awesome. Um, It's so cool, though, because... Hello, Lisa's production. I need to love the hate, the hate here. First off, thank you. I feel a lot better for it's my sinuses because the struggle is real over here in Louisiana. I'm just saying. Um, for us, a new update. I'm still getting used to it. I do like the look of it. I like the home screen. I love the fact that we can talk a little bit longer. I still don't like the one-minute call-in. I think we could at least do it like two minutes or something like that. Um what else? I missed the shout out and I missed the text messaging on the screen where you can text love it, cheers, no, or whatever. Like if you don't want to call in, that's your way of saying I listen to your segment and I agree or disagree. Um, I, I, I missed that part. That's what I used to do in my shout outs. Like if I listened to people's station and I didn't want to join in, like call, I would shout them out. Um, so I do miss that part of it. So, But I'm getting used to the 3.0. I do like how I look. So yeah. But I'll be back with your G-Souls production, Anita loves to hate the hate here. First off, thank you for listening to my podcast and calling in about my segment. And I totally agree. Um, I try not to paint this picture that I know so much and I know everything because I don't. God knows I don't. But I've learned I've experienced and I've had family that have learned and that I learned with them and that have experienced so many things. And I have to walk by faith, but I have to live my beliefs so that my daughters know what's acceptable and what's not. And first and foremost, I always tell them you have to love yourself because if you love yourself, you know when enough is enough. But thank you for calling into my, my my podcast. I appreciate it so much. Diesel's production. LL Legacy. I don't know why I like saying that. I like hearing you say it. It sounds so good. But I had to call into your segment. Anita loves to hate the hate. I totally agree. I understand what you're saying. And I know 
firsthand what you mean. And I've learned the long way that, um, just not the long way, but the hard way. You know, you just have to pray for people. Hopefully they get it together. And, and hopefully getting it together, they take accountability for themselves and for what they lack in and what, where they're not succeeding at instead of constantly passing it on and pointing fingers at someone else and making it someone else's problem because it's your life and you have to make your life what you see fit for it to be. Can't nobody else do it for you. So I, I learned the hard way. But I love your segment. I love your, I just love your podcast, you know, be deep stuff and very interesting. But thank you for that. I appreciate it. Hello. Hello, hello. I need a love to hate back with you on the reason um, for broken families. From my experience and from what I've seen and witnessed, most of it is lack of accountability, um, lack of respect, and immaturity and selfishness. Um, there were actions between my mom and my dad that displayed that both of them were selfish. And my dad very you know, was very arrogant. Um and it got to the point where my dad expected for my mother to continue to be there. And my mother expected for my dad to stay in the marriage because they had children together. And it got ugly because my dad was cheating. He was excited with the new new that was, you know, sparked his interest. And he did it for so long, he just got more arrogant with it. What happens is either both or one or the other gets tired of feeling disrespected or being hurt. And either they begin to fuss more, being more verbal about their frustration, how they feel. One don't want to listen. The other one don't care. One don't want to give in. And it becomes a tug of war of power. And the children suffer in the midst of it. Because I I don't think you have to be with each other to still be parents to your children. But when that happens is either... The dad say, I'm going to teach the mother a lesson if the mother leaves, and the mother want to teach the dad a lesson if the dad leaves, rather than both of them deciding to accept the pain that both have inflicted or whatever, because not one person is at fault. Because when you're in a relationship, Everyone plays a part in something going wrong. You know, some women can be the most ideal wife in the world, but sometimes a woman can take for granted that a man not going to leave or this man, is he, he's okay, I don't have to have sex with him, you know, he ain't going nowhere, and take that for granted. What happens is the man ain't up cheating, you know what I mean? But bottom line, because I'm not going to get into all of that, bottom line is no one wants to fight. No one wants to be you know, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Everyone said, I'm not going to be made a fool I love. Oh, I'm not going to be stupid. Or you're not going to play me. But if you love your family and you love this person and this person is saying that they love you and they love the family, just fight for it. People rather walk out than to fight because they feel it's better and it's easy. You know, nobody wants to be uncomfortable. This is what I learned. Because people don't want to be uncomfortable. People don't want to be, people don't want to fight. They want everything to be easy. Every time something happens, every time you do this, we fuss all the time. You could have, it could have been you fussed a whole year ago. As soon as you spark up another argument, all we do is fuss, all we do is fight. And then, you know what I'm saying? But this is what I've learned. You have to be quick to listen, slow to speak. You have to be humble. You have to be patient, you have to be caring, and you have to be supportive. And you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. You have to be willing to feel wrong sometimes, because sometimes you're going to feel wrong, especially when you're fighting for something. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because I can go. Bottom line, I think if we are more understanding, 
if we listen more, if we respect each other's feelings and allow each other to express our feelings and allow each other to feel what we feel and not make a person feel stupid or dismiss that person's feelings, things will change. Because that's where the resentment grows from when, when there's lack of respect there or a person feel like you don't care how I feel or someone's very dismissive about another person's feelings. And then they start building resentment toward each other. But I, I guarantee you, if we listen more and be more understanding and caring towards one another's feelings, all of that would change. Because people already know the grass ain't always green on the other side. And what you had, you loved it. You just didn't fight for it. It's just my... Well, we have been going at it for a while now. It's time to wrap things up. I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of D-Souls Productions, LLC. Everyone, take care. Be safe. Until next time. See you on the other side. I want to thank you for coming on this journey with me with D-Souls Productions LLC and make sure you continue to build your legacy. Peace.